Hey everyone, it's Father Pat, here today to offer you my reflections on the scripture readings for today. Our readings today are from the Solemnity of the Most Holy Body and Blood of Christ. A reading from the book of Genesis. In those days Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, and being a priest of God Most High, he blessed Abram with these words, Blessed be Abram by God Most High the creator of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who delivered your foes into your hand. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our response, you are a priest forever in the line of Melchizedek. You are a priest forever in the line of Melchizedek. The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. You are a priest forever in the line of Melchizedek. The scepter of your power the Lord will stretch forth from Zion, rule in the midst of your enemies. You are a priest forever in the line of Melchizedek. Yours is princely power in the day of your birth and holy splendor. Before the day star, like the dew, I have begotten you. You are a priest forever in the line of Melchizedek. The Lord has sworn, and he will not repent. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. You are a priest forever in the line of Melchizedek. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was handed over, took bread, and after he had given thanks, broke it, and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also the cup, after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus spoke to the crowds about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who needed to be cured. As the day was drawing to a close, the twelve approached him and said, Dismiss the crowd so that they can go to the surrounding villages and farms and find lodging and provisions, for we are in a deserted place here. He said to them, Give them some food yourselves. They replied, Five loaves and two fish are all we have, unless we ourselves go and buy food for all these people. Now the men there numbered about 5,000. Then he said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about 50. They did so and made them all sit down. Then taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he said the blessing, broke them, and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. They all ate and were satisfied. When the leftover fragments were picked up, they filled 12 wicker baskets. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. A few weeks ago, I attended a wedding feast. I'll admit that the decision to go was not an easy one. The groom is a family member who I care for and respect greatly, and I really wanted to be present. The difficulty was, was personal. I was concerned that perhaps there would be individuals there that would not be welcoming to me, either among the guests or among the clergy. Ultimately, I decided to go without knowing in advance who would be in attendance, as I know better than anyone, both the 
truth about my life and my sincere attempts to bring uh, loving, respectful, and healthy relationships into the lives of those who have hurt me or opposed me. But that didn't completely relieve the anxiety that I felt. It never feels good to experience hostility or isolation, no matter how overt or covert that uh, hostility or isolation is. The wedding was great. I had a great time. And as it happened, there was no one present who had any negative feelings toward me at all. But it drove home one very important point. I can't control how others choose to respond to me, but I am 100% responsible for my actions, my speech, and my behavior towards others. Today, we celebrate the solemnity of the body and blood of Christ, a, a celebration of the real presence of Christ in the Holy Eucharist. Our readings today cut me to the heart as St. Peter's words to the crowds uh, did on the first Pentecost Sunday, challenging me to a deeper understanding of what we profess each time we participate in the Eucharist. In the first reading, Abram, who will soon be called Abraham, encounters the priest of Salem by the name of Melchizedek after a decisive victory over his enemies and the uh, saving of his nephew's life, his nephew uh, Lot. The uh, Hebrew translation for the word Salem, the city later called Jerusalem, Jerusalem, is shalom, or peace. Melchizedek prepares an offering of bread and wine as a sacrifice to God Most High. This ritual meal was shared between Abram and God, with the priest acting as mediator, a symbol and acknowledgement of the intimate relationship among them. God had made himself present to them, his real presence in their victory. It is only right, then, to give him thanks. There is more there than meets the eye, however. Melchizedek is recognized both in Jewish and in Christian sources as, as a Shem, the firstborn son of Noah. So this um, uh, communion, this intimacy that the offering represents, is, is not only between God and Abram, it also connects Abram to all the sons and daughters of God from the beginning of the world, with Shem being, of course, the connection uh, to the very first human beings through Noah. In the Gospel, we hear Luke's account of Jesus' miraculous feeding of the multitude. It's the only miracle of Jesus' public ministry told in all four of the Gospels, which shows just how important it is. So what can we notice about what happens that day? Luke tells us that there were many among them who had come to him for healing. Matthew's gospel says that he was moved with pity for the crowd. And Mark says that they, the crowd was like sheep without a shepherd. All the evangelists agree that the people were hungry and they couldn't uh, easily feed themselves. And so everyone shares in the abundant meal that Jesus provides to them. The crowd is very likely a mixture of people with very different stories. Many are poor. Many are marginalized or otherwise in need. Jesus, though, is present to them, present to all of them, his real presence. And they share in that moment together as a, as a group, as a, as a body, an intimate encounter, an expression of communion among all who are present there. We also notice Jesus's actions in preparing to distribute the food. St. Luke tells us, then taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he said the blessing over them, broke them, and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds a whole lot like what Jesus does when he celebrates the Passover with his disciples on uh, 
what we call uh, we now call Holy Thursday. Paul, who gives us the first written account of that night, describes it in this describes it in this way. He says the Lord Jesus, on the night he was handed over, took bread, and after he had given thanks, broke it and said. That, that first Eucharist takes essentially the same form as the feeding of the multitude and also connects the multitude to the offering of Melchizedek on Abram's behalf. Each ritual action recognizes God's real presence among the people, connecting them not only to God, but to each other. And Jesus makes it clear to his disciples on that Holy Thursday that this supper is not truly the last supper, but an establishment of the new covenant that fulfills the covenants of old. God's not going to cease to become present to them on that night, but continue to really and truly be present to them whenever we give thanks in the same way. St. Paul says it this way. He says, Jesus, he repeats Jesus's words, this is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The word here translated as remembrance had a, has a fuller meaning than, than the way that we uh, use it today. When the Jewish people, even today, celebrate the Passover, they're not just recalling God's past saving work, but they're making it present among them today. So when we celebrate the new Passover, the Eucharist, we're not recalling the Last Supper. Jesus is really and truly present among us in the gifts that we offer. And by sharing in that offering together, we not only give thanks for his presence among us, but as in the covenants of old, we enter into an intimate relationship with him, properly called communion. And communion, by its very nature, is communal. And so we also recognize our communion with every other person, who shares in that same eternal covenant, which in a mysterious way even connects us back to Melchizedek and Abram and all of our faithful brothers and sisters in the past and even in the future. And while that might sound very nice, we're, we're now living in the present, and the present can't be ignored. We've got to pay attention to the present. And we often forget that the situation that Paul was addressing in our second reading Paul was strongly admonishing the Christians of Corinth for a lack of union among the people there. They, they, they were not treating one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. And these divisions were, were a scandal to the wider community. And, and to participate in the Eucharist while, while failing to love your brother and sister was to enter into this communion imperfectly and, and frankly sinfully. The crowds to whom Jesus ministered included rich and poor, healthy and infirm, saint and sinner. And so Paul continues, Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks the cup of the Lord unworthily will have to answer for the body and blood of the Lord. A person should examine himself and so eat the bread and drink the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. You know, there's been a lot of discussion in the American church recently about the worthiness of certain public figures to present themselves for Holy Communion. In the role of, uh, it's the role of each bishop, of course, to carefully uh, discern how to how to best to minister to uh, those individuals and to the entire flock that's within his care. It's currently and probably always will be above my pay grade, however, uh, to worry about such things. And so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna open that debate here. Instead, 
I'm going to go back to the lesson from the recent the, the, that I learned, or or at least recall from the recent wedding feast that I attended. I can't control other people, but I'm a hundred percent responsible for my actions, my speech, and my behavior towards every other person. When Jesus makes himself present to us in the Eucharist, his primary purpose is not to be adored. It's to be consumed. He makes himself present to us, the multitudes, to feed us with his grace and to strengthen an intimate communion among all of us, his body. When I approach the altar to receive him, I have to know in my heart that I've done everything in my power to love my brother and to love my sister, every single one of them. If not, as Jesus tells us in Matthew's gospel, if you bring to your, your gift to the altar and there recall that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there at the altar. Go first and be reconciled with your brother and then come and offer your gift. One with Jesus in love and in mercy, I then can joyfully offer the sacrifice of my life made perfect in him and abide in his kingdom of peace. And then I'll leave the Lord to sort through all the rest. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there. God bless you.